what is going on everybody welcome to a monday podcast edition man i'm not gonna lie to you guys i usually do my podcast on wednesdays but because of everything that has transpired over the course of last night i was like i have to record and i have to do one today i mean let's be honest The 76ers lost a brutal Game 7, and there is a lot to talk about for this week. It's just too much. I would not have been able to wait until Wednesday to talk about all this, and I definitely think going live and having a nice podcast, having a nice discussion is going to be perfect. Um, I mean, there's so many takeaways to talk about from this series as a whole, and the Hawks, they did defeat the 76ers last night, 103-96, to Trey Young had an awful shooting night. Like, before, like, Trey Young shot 5 of 23, 2 of 11 from three-point range, and a part of that was because of Ben Simmons' stellar and excellent defense. But here's the problem, guys. The Sixers on the other end, they don't have a killer. Other than Joel Embiid, no one else is a shot maker. No one else can make tough contested shots. And when you play in these postseason games, you need to have at least somebody that can hit tough mid-range, tough three-point shots. And that's something that the Sixers do not have. And as a collective team, You start the season on a high note. You get the number one seed. You change coaches. You get rid of Brett Brown. You bring in Doc Rivers, a championship caliber coach, and I'll get into Doc Rivers in a little bit. But you get Doc Rivers. You get the number one seed. And Bede has an MVP caliber season to the point where if he just played, I believe, five to ten more games, he wins it. Makes second-team All-NBA, has his best statistical season in his career. Ben Simmons, even though had down numbers on the offensive end, his points, rebounds, and assists were all down, finished second in the Defensive Player of the Year voting, made first-team All-Defense, and was really taking steps forward in that side of the basketball court. And then you have the perfect compliment guys, Seth Curry, Danny Green, great two great shooters in that starting five. And that starting five went 28 and 5 in the regular season. And then you top that off with having the second best home record in the entire NBA. And all this, the Sixers, they avoid playing Brooklyn or Milwaukee in the second round. They get the number one seed. They take they handle their business against the Wizards. They win in five. They play a young Hawks team who is good. They are they are well coached with Nate McMillan, and they do have the best record in the league besides the Sixers since the month of February. But let's be honest, they are a young, inexperienced team who is missing their two best defenders. And this is where the season just 
goes downhill. You go from being the number one seed. You blow a huge opportunity game one. I Granted, the Hawks hit 23s. It was a crazy game. The Sixers get called for a clear path foul. Hawks executed just enough lately. Put the Sixers away. They win game one. Game two, you have the Shake Milton game. And B goes for 40. It's a close game through three. And then Shake Milton scores 14 off the bench. Sixers have enough and win game two. Game three was probably the best game. And I apologize for my connection again. Game three was probably the best game of the series for the Sixers-wise. I mean, Ben Simmons had his best game. He had 18 points, dominated that third period. Embiid gave you 29. Everyone played great. Harris had a good, efficient night. Game three was the highlight for the Philadelphia 76ers. And then we're like, okay, we're up 2-1. Game one was kind of like an anomaly. Sixers are going to win this in five, maybe six, depending on if the Hawks have another game like they did game one, and Trey Young maybe has like a 40-point night in him. Maybe that'll happen. So game four, the Sixers are up 18 points going into the fourth quarter. And Nate McMillan, I will give him credit for this, was like, okay, We saw what happened in game three when Ben Simmons is dominant. Let's take and let's rattle Ben Simmons' confidence because Ben Simmons has been shooting horrendous. And I apologize, guys, on Twitch, I am playing with my hair. Ben Simmons has been shooting an atrocious, like, 30% through the series. And after game three, because Simmons actually had a pretty good free throw shooting night game three game two and game one Ben Simmons was like okay like not really good so they're like all right let's rattle Ben Simmons's confidence and how are we gonna do that oh man what's going on zero king man I appreciate you my bad if my stream is my face is paused I gotta I gotta figure out this camera situation real quick but yeah so as I'm finishing describing the Sixers season Nate McMillan does an absolute great job and great adjustment. Game four, he notices that Ben Simmons has all the confidence in the world. Let's take Ben Simmons out of this game. He starts doing a hack of Ben towards the end of game four. And that really was the start of Ben Simmons' confidence and the Sixers season going downhill. The Sixers blow an 18-point lead. And this is something where if you are a true number one seed, this does not happen. You don't blow 18-point leads to teams that are not that good. I would understand if you blow an 18-point lead to Milwaukee. In Milwaukee, that's understandable. Or even Brooklyn. KD goes hot, goes for 50. You can't stop that. Game 5... I'm not even going to lie to you. I'm not even heartbroken after Game 7's loss. Game 5 hurt me the most. Because you are at home. You are up 81-57. to Going in. We're halfway through the third quarter. You're up 26 points. 
You are the number one seed. You are at home. Nate McMillan again goes to Hacka Ben. Ben Simmons goes four of 14 from the line. And, and from that point on, his confidence is shot. Done. He is not, he's not showing up the rest of the series. And the Sixers, led by Doc Rivers, Mr. Choke Artist himself. Sorry, guys, I'm just really just thinking. Doc Rivers blows the 18-point lead by keeping his bench in way too long, game four. Same mistake, game five, way too long. Game six, he notices that his point guard has no confidence left whatsoever. So he did the right thing game six. He put in Tyrese Maxey. Tyrese Maxey has a game. So as you guys have been recalling, the three games the Sixers won, Shake Milton had a game. Tyrese Maxey had a game. And Furkan Korkmaz in game three. But game three was a whole collective team effort. And you cannot win championships if you're relying on your bench to have a masterful game. Which is why the Hawks, even though they've had a great season, they're not beating the Bucks. They're going to lose in five games. Just being honest with you. I'm not even going to watch the series. I'm done watching basketball for this season. I, the only series I might watch is the Clippers Suns because I honestly think that the Suns are going to win the title this year. Devin Booker is here. He's arrived and he looks like the modern day. I'm not going to lie to you. I, Stephen A. Smith made a great point today. I think when I see Devin Booker, I see visions of a young Kobe Bryant that loves to shoot the ball not scared of the moment. He had a 40-point triple-double yesterday. He was like, all right, we don't have our best leader in Chris Paul. Let me step up. Let me ball. And that's what Devin Booker did. Man, that he man, he is coming. Man. And I and I think this is the Suns year. This is. I, I don't trust the Bucs in the finals against the Suns. The Suns look like the mentally tougher team. And We'll see how that goes. But anyway, back to my point. You cannot rely on a bench player to go above and beyond for you to win playoff games. Playoffs is where their stars come out and they show up. Ben Simmons, I have been defending this man for the longest time. I have never been one of those guys that's been a hater. Even this year, I defended him because I was like, hey, we're winning games Ben Simmons, yeah, his numbers are down, but he is playing great defense. He is, and he's facilitating. There was a stretch in January and February, and this is and this is what I was telling people. Ben Simmons averaged 21 points, 8 rebounds, and 8 assists through the month of January into pretty much towards the end of month of February. So right around, no, it was like February into March. Sorry, because the, the season was pushed back. Around that stretch, Ben Simmons was averaging, again, 21 points, 8 rebounds, 8 assists. Right when he came back from the All-Star break, 
his numbers went down. He was shooting 70% from the free throw line there. And then after the All-Star break, his numbers go down. From 21 points a game he was averaging to just 13 and a half, six rebounds, and an astonishing five, not even, I mean, you round up to six, but five point like nine assists a night on 50% free throw shooting. So I'm going to ask this question. What the hell is happening? And I'm not going to make excuses for the guy. He No excuses for Ben Simmons. I will tell everybody this though, and this is a very undercover story, and I actually did, I googled it, and I'll pull it up right here now with Ben Simmons' family real quick, because I want you guys to see this, so I'm going to make a new tab, Ben Simmons Family Issues, and this is what happened around April, and this is the, the start of the fall of Ben Simmons for this year. Ben Simmons' family denies abuse claims made by Sister Olivia, the family of Ben Simmons. So pretty much what happened was one of Ben Simmons' I believe step-parents or one of his parents sexually abused his sister. And what was happening was that was going on around the month of April and Ben Simmons' shooting started going down. And that's not an excuse, but from someone that studies psychology and also understands the mental psyche, I know with myself, if I'm dealing with family problems, I'm not going to be fully 100% for work. And also, if you're playing in a professional job where the pressure is on you, I see where this was starting the beginning of the decline. And now it's reached an all-time low. Simmons has hit officially, in, in his NBA career at least, rock bottom. He, can gut, he can't be any worse than this. He shot the worst free throw percentage in NBA history by a player that shot more than 70, 70 free throws in the postseason. And just like I said, he shot 70% from the free throw line in February and March. So that's the question that asks that I ask everybody here because I understand everyone's gonna bash Ben Simmons. He deserves it. It's not even the willingness. Like I would have Loved Ben if Ben Simmons went seven of twenty, I'm okay with that because hey, at least you tried and at least you put something on the floor. At least you gave effort. But Ben Simmons, in five of the seven games against the Hawks, he did not t- attempt a single shot in the fourth quarter. A single shot in the fourth quarter. It's a head scratcher, man. It is an absolute head scratcher. But I wanted to bring that point up, that Ben Simmons was going through a lot of family drama around April. And it's not like it's like, okay, it's basic family drama. It's not. It's your sister's being accused of sexual assault or not. No, your sister's accusing your family member of sexually assaulting her. That is some family trauma right there. 
So it starts with that. Then you add the pressure. Then you add, he's already starting to decline in the free throw shooting. Then you add social media. Then you add everything because you know and, and all that stuff. And now here you have a rock bottom player who has lost all of his confidence to the point where he doesn't even attempt a dunk when there was when Trey Young was the closest defender to him because he is scared to go to the free throw line and hit free throws. That is how low Ben Simmons has gotten in these playoffs. And just like I said earlier, Embiid averaged 32 and 10 or 32 and 12 on one foot, torn meniscus. He had eight turnovers last night. The Sixers had 16 turnovers as a team in a game seven at home. That was the difference between the Hawks and the Sixers in this in this series. The Sixers are a way more talented team than Atlanta. No disrespect to Atlanta. But what made Atlanta beat the Sixers in this series was the mental toughness. Atlanta did not make the mental mistakes and miscues that the Sixers did. Atlanta only had six turnovers in Game 7. On the road, Atlanta did not miss 20-plus free throws in Game 5. The Sixers shot themselves in the foot numerous times in this series. Game 1, it was Doc Rivers putting Danny Green on Trey Young when you already know you have a defensive player of the year in Ben Simmons. And Ben Simmons' defense on Trey Young was pretty solid. In this series, you take away Trey Young's corny free throws and Trey Young is probably averaging like maybe 25 a game. So I will say that Trey Trey Young is a one thing about Trey Young in the fourth quarter. You know, he's going to show up and at least hit one dagger three. He's not scared of the moment, but the man flops all the time. I've lost mad respect for Trey Young. I have. I, I can't stand Trey Young. But, I mean, they beat us fair and square. I got to own up to it. The Hawks, they deserve to win this series. The Sixers did not. And I honestly think if the Sixers were to take on the Bucks next round, we would have either gotten swept or we would have lost in five. Especially with the way how Ben Simmons is playing with no confidence. Brooke Lopez, even though you can clown the guy, in the Sixers might have gotten game one. But then, as the series prolongs, Brooke Lopez is a tower down low, and you know that he's not going to... You know that Brooke Lopez is not going... Like, he's going to wear and be down towards the end of the series, just because you're going... It's not Clint Capella. Clint Capella is a skinny little twig. Brooke Lopez has some meat and size on him. And then you can double him because you can't trust Ben Simmons anymore, and there you go. Sixers lose in five, maybe six if the because the Bucks they don't really have a closer either. So maybe Sixers squeak another one, but Sixers are not beating the Bucks in that series. Breaking, being honest with everybody, this Hawks series really brought out a lot of flaws in this team. 
Doc Rivers game one. Doc Rivers had a ton of coaching errors in this series. And I'm not going to lie to you. I talked to a lot of people about it. Doc Rivers should have taken this season off. You can see it in his face when the Clippers lost in the bubble. Doc Rivers should have taken this season off as a coach. He's mentally drained. The short offseason, you can see it. So, I mean, what the hell? I mean, why is Dwight Howard playing minutes in this series? You should have knew from game one, okay, Dwight Howard does not have it. Now, Dwight Howard against the Bucks could have been his series. But that's the thing with bench players. They're bench players. You're not going to get a lot out of them. You got, you're lucky that you got Shake Milton game two and then you got Tyrese Maxey game six. Like that's, you should be thankful for that. Why the hell is Korkmaz continuing to start and play more than 18 minutes when you, when he can't buy a shot? We, you can't play 10 deep in a game seven. You can't, you can't. Dwight Howard gets called for a flagrant foul. Dwight Howard gives you nothing. Furkan Korkmaz gives you nothing. Tyrese Maxey was great game six, but he's only 20 years old. Like, man. And the thing is, this Sixers team is so talented. Matisse Stiebel, another person. Second team all defense. And I apologize, guys. My camera keeps freezing, and it's the internet. Matisse Stiebel fouled Trey Young in Game 5, which cost us that game. And in Game 7, he fouls Kevin Herter. And Kevin Herter was not making that shot. He was not. So, the mental issues and the mental mistakes when you play postseason basketball, you cannot have these boneheaded plays. And as a collective team, the Sixers made way too many mental mistakes. And you can get away with that against the Wizards because the Wizards don't play a lick of defense. But you can't get away with that against playoff caliber teams, well-coached playoff caliber teams. Atlanta stole a series. They did. Good for them. Because they were the better team. They outplayed us. They out-executed us. And that is the thing. And that is the problem with this Sixers team. You have Embiid, a superstar that grows and gets better each year. He's taking the next step. He showed up in the best shape. He knows what it takes now to be dominant in a consistent basis. Your second star in Ben Simmons is not ready. He's not. And then you have your third star that's trying to over to overcompensate the lack of your second superstar. Tobias Harris, he's getting paid $188 million. The contract is not good. But Tobias Harris is the perfect number three option. He is not your number two. He's not. He should not be taking more than 20 shots a game. Tobias Harris should be probably taking around 15, 18 shots a night. But the problem is when you have 
you're supposed to be second star, score six points, game four, 10 points, no, not 10 points, eight points, game five, four points, game six, and five points, game seven. When all you need for him is to pretty much just give you 18. If Ben Simmons gave you 18, the Sixers win this series. They might even, well, no, they lose game one. Sixers win in five if Ben Simmons just gives you 18 points. You saw, And the crazy part is you saw this in game three. He had 18 points, had 11 in the third quarter. 11 points and five assists in the third quarter. Sixers blew the game open, game over. So if he can do this in game three, what the hell is the difference? The difference is the heck of Ben started happening. He lost all confidence and he has officially hit rock bottom as an NBA player. That being said, though, the Sixers are going to have a very, very, very long off season. Very long. There's going to be a lot of questions that need to be asked, but I'm going to take a quick five-minute break here on Swoop Radio. We're going to be right back, and then I'm, we're going to discuss more. Other than we're going to talk about should Ben Simmons be traded. We're going to talk about Sixers offseason plans, and then we're also going to get into a little bit more of Doc Rivers because I really have a bone to pick with him. And as a Philly fan, we deserve more. I have, I have talked about this team for years. I went, and I'll end this first topic with, with a story, guys. Me, and shout out to my best friend Isaiah, we went to a Sixers game in 2015. And this is the game I'll never forget. It was Process Sixers, and B was supposed to, was that was supposed to be his rookie year. He did not play because he got hurt. Me and, me and my friend Isaiah went to a game it was against the Wizards, ironically. The Sixers lost the game by 40 points. John Wall and Bradley Beal were absolutely torching Tony Roten, freaking uh, Henderson. Uh, I'm trying to remember who else. Uh, the Dish from Ish, Ish Smith. Um, there's so many other names, so many other scrubs. It was uh, Nerlens Noel. I know he was there. Jeez, it was just so garbage. I believe Spencer Hawes was about to be traded. Like, that's how bad this Sixers team was. We lost the game by 40. So I want to show you how much of a real fan and how much I really take into analysis on this Sixers games. It was so bad, the flight squad, one of the guys had to go to the hospital because he tried to dunk and he jumped over the backboard, landed on the flag, and landed on the ground. And me and Isaiah stayed the entire game and watched it. Watched them lose by 40. Talked about how we're getting number one pick. Talked about how it's either going to be Ben Simmons or Brandon Ingram. That's how real this has been. And as a fan base, we've been patient with Ben. This is year, this is going to be year five. Technically, it's year five because he sat out his first year. It's year four. With him on the court. So next year is going to be year five. And the scary part is he's only 24 years old. He's going to be 25 in a month. This is going to be a huge offseason. 
But we're going to talk about it here on Swoop Radio. Before I wrap it up, wrap up this first topic, check out the Swoop Radio website. I'm going to start giving weekly giveaways as well. So I just want to pull it up real quick for you guys. Swoop Radio WordPress is what pops up right here. We got Spotify. We got Twitch, Apple Podcasts. You guys can check me out there. Picture of me and my prime. And then obviously we got old podcasts, YouTube channels, all that stuff. And when I usually post right there. So starting next week, I'm going to add a weekly giveaway section to the website. And it's just going to be like small prizes, like a Philly hat or a shirt. And uh, we're going to go, we're going to go from there, but we're going to take a quick five minute break here on swoop radio. Stick around guys. We will be right back. And we are back. Welcome, guys, to uh, the second topic here. I needed to take a quick little five-minute break because I, I saw myself starting to go on a little tangent here with what's going on with the Sixers. And I apologize again. I'm going to continue to work on this connection. I'm still transitioning to my new apartment and all that fun stuff. But just like I mentioned before the break, I talked about how I talked a lot about Ben Simmons and I talked about a lot of like what was going on this season because he had a stretch. Oh man, it's all it's all good, Math. No man, I, I appreciate you coming out, dude. We're, I mean, we're just talking, man. It's it's been a lot, man. I'm a diehard Sixers fan, and honestly, it's been it's been brutal, dude. I'm not gonna lie to you. Game seven hurt, but game five hurt the most out of all the games. Um, earlier, I talked a lot about Ben Simmons. I talked about how I talked about how his family was dealing with a lot of drama in April. Because if you look at Ben Simmons' numbers, Ben Simmons was averaging 21 a night, 8 rebounds, 8 assists in the month of February up until March. And then his family drama started happening in April, and that's when Simmons' numbers started to decline. Ben Simmons went from averaging around close to 16, 17 a night to Ben Simmons was averaging 13 points six rebounds, and 5.9 assists in the month of April. And that was when his sister um, called out his family members saying that one of his family members sexually assaulted her. So I talked about that a little bit earlier and how you add that with the factor of being an NBA athlete to everything else and then what do you have? You have a mental collapse. So I talked about that psychologically. Am I making excuses for his play? Hell no. Because, and that's another thing I talked about in the previous in the previous segment. I talked about a lot of how you're, you, you, you are the second star. You need to be taking 20 shots. Both of your stars, Embiid and Simmons, take 20 plus shots. Harris is the perfect number three option. Tobias Harris should be taking 15 shots a night. But what hap- what's happening is Tobias Harris is trying to overcompensate the lack of Ben Simmons' aggression, and that's exactly what the hell is happening. So that is what is transpiring here with the Sixers in these playoffs. Just not good, sloppy basketball, and here we are, and this is what we have. So I just wanted that's that was my recap of the first topic. 
Now with the second topic. We're going to get into possible trade scenarios for Ben Simmons because obviously this is a huge, huge offseason for the Philadelphia 76ers. A lot is on the table. I'm not going to lie to you. Everyone other than Seth Curry and maybe Joel Embiid. Yeah, I said maybe because he does have injury problems. Is on the table. Every Everybody else is untouchable. So I'm going to say this with my chest. I believe that everyone other than Seth Curry and Joel Embiid. I'm, I'm, I'm discussing trade talks. Tobias Harris is a good solid score. But let's be real here. Tobias Harris has shown that he can fold in the postseason. Sorry, guys. I'm just trying to make sure my connection's cool. Tobias, Tobias Harris. And I mean, one thing I will give Tobias Harris credit. He shot 7 of 24. Like at, at least he took 20-plus shots. Now, he did miss a lot of easy layups. He missed. He should have been dunking. Like me and my friend, me and my friends, we were watching game seven. We're like, why didn't he dunk that? It's a freaking game seven. Why are you going for these corny behind layups? And man, like, 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 why? Why are you going for the corny behind layups when you know that it's a game seven and you need to dunk the damn ball? So, but the thing is, Tobias Harris is the third star. So you don't expect Tobias Harris. He can't, he's not going to give you 30 in a game seven. That's not him. Tobias Harris is a solid 15 to 20 point game scorer. He just is. If you would have gotten like January, February, no, February, March, Ben Simmons, the Sixers are cruising the Hawks and they are playing the Milwaukee Bucks and actually have a shot if Simmons gives the Sixers 20 and 8. Or, if he wants to pass more, 17 and 11. 17 and 10. But, because of Ben Simmons' lack of aggression, zero shots in five of the seven games in the fourth quarter, you have the whole team messed up. Because Embiid can go for 30, but the problem is, if your other star is, in, is not even giving you 10, that 30 is not good enough. And he's doing this on a torn meniscus. So it's like, really? And then freaking Doc Rivers. Doc freaking Rivers. Wherever he goes, I think the man is cursed. Honestly, I think Doc Rivers is cursed. He's been to the Boston Celtics. They blew a 3-2 lead. Now, it was against Kobe, but let's be honest. Kobe Bryant. You're still up 3-2. Blow that lead. All the teams with the Clippers. He dealt with two straight cores of players. He went through the Chris Paul, Blake Griffin era. Blew a 3-1 series lead. Blew multiple 2-1 series leads. Blew blew seven points. The Clippers were up seven, and he blew the lead in a minute. Then, the Kawhi Leonard-Paul George core. You know what happened last, last year. And the fact that the Clippers 
made the conference finals in the same weekend without Kawhi Leonard. Not looking good for Doc Rivers. And now he's with the Sixers. They're up 2-1. They blow that series lead. Blow an 18-point game. Blow a 26-point game. And then lose games games 1, 5, and 7 at home when the Sixers have been statistically the best home team in the NBA over the past two seasons. It's not looking good. So this offseason, there is a lot, a lot in store. But if I'm Daryl Morey, the first thing I am doing, and it all depends on how salaries work out, Kyle Lowry is an unrestricted free agent. I'm going to pull it up right now so that way people have proof. Ready? Kyle Lowry, just so you guys know. Contract. Let's see it. So Kyle Kyle Lowry signed a one-year, $30 million contract. He is an unrestricted free agent this year. So the Sixers, it all depends on how much they're willing to pay for Kyle Lowry. But if I'm Daryl Morey, I'm getting rid of Danny Green. Sorry, Danny Green, it's been real. And I'm going to go and get Kyle Lowry. That's my first move. Because as bad as Ben Simmons has been, and I definitely think Ben Simmons needs to go, he needs to change his scenery. Once you break the hearts of Philadelphia, there's no going back. And the Sixers, we've been so, and Philly fans, we've been so supportive of Ben Simmons. We've been patient with him. This is now year four. This is going to be his fourth offseason. Still has not at least attempted a jumper consistently in the league. And we're not asking him to be Stephen Curry. We're just asking him to give us 18 to 20 a night. And if that is going downhill, making free throws, and maybe hitting like a jump shot or two a game, that's perfect. That's all we need. But he can't even give us that. So just letting you know there. So... That's the first move I'm making if I am Daryl Morey. I'm getting Kyle Lowry. He gives the Sixers an added ball handler, and he gives them great defense and is not scared to hit tough threes. And if you can't get rid of Ben Simmons, you move him to small forward, have him play point forward, there you go. You got something. You have Kyle Lowry. He he will be the missing 15, 15 points that the Sixers need on offense that they don't have that they don't have this year. So, that is what they get out of Kyle Lowry. That's one move I would make. If teams are willing to shop for Simmons, because I don't, a lot of people are saying that Ben Simmons' value has diminished. I, it definitely has. Instead of him being in talks for trades for Damian Lillard, like the top tier superstars, I mean, Ben Simmons is definitely worth another all-star. You can trade Ben Simmons for another all-star. Ben Simmons for CJ McCollum makes the most sense for me if you're looking to trade right now. Because I will say, Game 7 just happened last night. Give it time. Give us like give us give everybody a couple weeks to process everything. But Ben Simmons for CJ McCollum makes the most sense. Both stars 
are definitely viewed in a negative way in their respective franchises. CJ McCollum in Portland, it's just not a match. Damian Lillard is the star. CJ McCollum does not give him good defense. He does give him good scoring, but Portland doesn't need scoring. They need defense and they need playmaking. And what does Ben Simmons do great? Ben Simmons had 13 assists last night. Like, I mean, he still played terrible. Don't get me wrong. But he had 13 assists. And if he played alongside Damian Lillard, that fit would be a match made in heaven. Ben Simmons and Robert Covington's perimeter defense, Portland would become a a way... I would trust Portland now more in a seven-game series. The problem with Portland is they have a bunch of guys that are not scared to hit tough shots. But the thing with Portland is they don't have the defense that's good enough. And with Ben Simmons, you get that defense. He should have won Defensive Player of the Year this year. That's how great he was. He was great on Trey Young this year in this series. Trey Young would drop 30 points on 30 shots. That's a win if you're playing defense. Trey Young barely, Trey Young shot under 40% in the series. That's how bad he shot. Good defense from Simmons and Thibel. But anyway, Ben Simmons would be a great fit in Portland. That would be a match made in heaven. And honestly, I think Portland would be an instant title contender if Ben Simmons were to go to Portland. Because you have Damian Lillard, a guy that is the clutchest player in the NBA right now. He gives you 30. Ben Simmons would give Portland because Ben Simmons doesn't have to worry about a center clogging the paint anymore. So what that means is Ben Simmons is around shooters. He's going to give Portland 15 and 8 a night. And lock down when they play against the Lakers. He'll be on LeBron. If Portland goes up against the Warriors, he would probably be on Steph. Like, I mean, you can put Simmons on the best opposing player. And Ben Simmons will at least give you a shot compared to C.J. McCollum. Perfect fit for Simmons in Portland. And for the Sixers, they get a guy in C.J. McCollum who is a 20 to 25 points a game scorer, that second player that the Sixers need to boost that offense. Pick and rolls with Joel Embiid. The ball's less in Joel Embiid's hands. It's not just, all right, post up to Embiid, Embiid, do your magic. Sixers, we're going to need a miracle to score here. Like, no, that, that's not what it's going to be. It's going to be beautiful offense. Pick and roll, C.J. McCollum and Joel Embiid. And then McCollum is going to give you, he's not scared to shoot. Now, he does lose defense, so I definitely think the Sixers would probably get, it would be a three-team deal. The Sixers would probably get McCullum and then like another defensive wing, which is good. And then I mean you can throw and I mean I mean Matisse Thibel would definitely have to be would definitely have to have more minutes on the defensive side. But anyway, McCullum will give the Sixers that and give Joel Embiid that second star that Ben Simmons is supposed to be on the offensive end. And then McCullum's defense is not great. It's not terrible, but it's okay. It's it's good enough. And I mean, Embiid would dominate. Embiid could focus more on defense and rim protect. And then you have other guys. The Sixers are a really good defensive team. 
So that is the trade that I honestly think makes the most sense right now. This is day one after a, a brutal game seven in a brutal series. Ben Simmons for CJ McCollum makes the most sense. Both guys need a fresh start as well. CJ McCollum, a lot of the fan base has lost respect for him. I mean, he's shown up in big moments for the Portland, but we all we already know the story with Portland. They can't beat the Warriors. They can't beat the elite teams because they don't play enough defense. That's why CJ for Ben, both guys are around the same tier. All-star caliber players, they are. One excels in one side of the ball and lacks on the other side of the ball. McCullum is great on offense. He gives you 20, 25 points a night. That's all the Sixers need is another 20-point score. And then, and then you get that, and then you also get Kyle Lowry in the offseason. The Sixers got a squad. You have Kyle Lowry, C.J. McCollum, Tobias Harris. Well you, well, you have to get rid of Danny Green, so it would probably be like, you know what I mean, it would be mixed up that way. So, yeah. And then for Portland, you would have Damian Lillard, Ben Simmons, Robert Covington, uh, and then you have the other guys. You have Nurkic and all them. So, I mean, both teams would win. So that is the trade that I honestly think will make the most sense in Philadelphia for Ben Simmons because I agree your two options are to get Lowry, this fan base though, and the media, we are, this is, once you prove that you're not ready for the moment, especially in Philly, you have no shot of surviving in this city. You don't. And it sucks because I do like, I mean, Ben Simmons as a person, it's a really cool person. Like I listen to his Twitch streams when he does Call of Duty and stuff. He's a really cool guy. He's chill. He's very mellow. He, he, you could tell he has a lot going on and he needs some growing up to do. And that's the thing. He's only 24 years old, going to be 25. And I mean... I and, and with Philadelphia, we have had players and managers because Gabe Kapler has done an excellent job in San Francisco. They suck in Philly. We give them a chance. They constantly fail us. We get impatient. We get rid of them. And then guess what? They go to another team and they play great. I mean, Ben Simmons. Could he be added to the list? In my opinion, I think so. <laughs> That's why I think him in Portland makes the most sense. It, it just does. I, I have a great feel for teams and how people feel. I just think both teams are in a similar spot. It's time. Honestly, even, even Milwaukee as well. If Milwaukee loses, because it is a championship or bust for Milwaukee. Because I, think, I think they go to the finals, but I don't think Milwaukee wins. There's something missing with that team as well. But... That being said, the Sixers have a long offseason. I think you keep Doc for one more year, especially with the short offseason. It was the shortest offseason in NBA history. So give him another year. Give him give him another year to see. And now if the Sixers blow another 3-1 lead or choke again, it's that man is cursed. I'm sorry. <laughs> he is cursed. But keep Doc Rivers, let him get a full offseason of work. 
and what to do with Ben Simmons. If you keep him, this fan base is going to be livid. But and he's going to have to show literally game 1, okay, I can hit a consistent jump shot. But honestly, does anyone believe that he can do that? No. I know I don't. I know my friends don't. I know all the Philadelphia media doesn't. I know Sixers fans don't. So unless Ben Simmons comes in game one and shoots the ball, I would say probably 16 to 20 times a night, gives the Sixers 20 points (laughs) and like eight assists a night. Everyone's going to look at each other like we were, we wasted another opportunity because we did. This was the op- this was the Sixers' best opportunity to win an NBA title. Like I said, and what I started with the podcast with, and B gives you an MVP season. LeBron gets out in the first round. Kevin Durant out in the second round. James Harden and Kyrie Irving get hurt. The Bucks. Are your number your toughest team you have to face, other than the Suns? Because I definitely think Devin Booker, and I will I will bring out the hot take. I I agree with Stephen A. Smith. Devin Booker is the second coming of Kobe Bryant, and we're seeing it right before his eyes. Man, that that kid is deadly. That man can shoot. He is not scared of the moment. And I honestly think he is ready to win a championship. That's Devin Booker. He worked with Kobe so long in the offseason before Kobe passed away, sadly. And man, you can just see the similarities in their game. You can see their leadership style. Devin Booker is ready to win a title. The Suns are ready. And the fact that Chris Paul can just chill at his family's house, he's not even playing. He's in COVID protocols. Not to worry. The Suns are going to beat the Clippers in five or six. Even though I will say Ty Lue's a very good coach. But man, it's just... The Sixers missed an opportunity. This was their chance. No Lakers. Clippers are banged up. Kawhi's banged up. Paul George, Paul George is literally carrying the Clippers. No KD. No James Harden. No Kyrie. And they blew it. Because... Ben Simmons was not ready to take the next step with Philadelphia. And we're not, it's not like we're asking him to drop 30 a night. We are asking you to give you, to give us what he has done on a consistent basis 15 to 18 points a night. That's it. Because then Harris will, Harris's 20 will, will mean something. If Ben Simmons scored 11 more points, Sixers win the game by 10 plus. So it's just, again, it comes down to you lose your confidence. You've had family problems in April. Your free throw shooting declines. Playoffs, you talk about how you don't want to do hack a Ben anymore. They start doing it again. You lose that confidence. And once you lose confidence in any sport, psychologically you're done. And especially in Philadelphia because you're never going to hear the end of it. You're not. We're a passionate fan base. We love our teams. And we know when you're not giving your 100%. 
and he's not. I do like his press conference. I like that he was brutally honest with himself. And I mean, that's that's what you're supposed to do. Like he didn't he didn't shy away from it. He owned up to it. And this offseason is going to be huge for him. This is probably going to be the offseason of his career. If he continues to play the same, he will be out of a job. If he comes in day one and averages, gets his shooting numbers up to 15, 20 points a night, Ben Simmons, that's all the Sixers need. A guy that can hit a couple mid-range shots. A guy that's not scared of the moment. A guy that's going to attack and shoot 70% from the free throw line. That's what the Sixers need. Which is why, in this topic, CJ for Ben, and then you get Kyle Lowry as a free agent, drop Danny Green, that's that's championship team. But... I think it's time to wrap everything up. It has been an hour. If you guys missed this live stream on Twitch, not to worry. I will post it on Anchor. And again, you guys can check out my website, Swoop Radio. I'm also going to add a section now where I'm going to give weekly giveaways starting next week. So I'm going to go live. I might even go live middle of the week. So you guys can see there's my Twitter. There's my Instagram. I play Pokemon. I play all this fun stuff. Um, I got previous posts. I got Twitch, Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn. You guys can follow me on all social media platforms. And also stay tuned for the weekly giveaway. I'm going to have, I'm going to start advertising it on social media. And it's just, we're going to start with hats and we're going to start with some like small apparel stuff. And who knows, maybe you guys might like it. But I hope you guys have a wonderful day. And please stay strong, Sixers fans. It's okay. I I don't want to hear trust the process anymore. I think it's time that we all grow up and we take steps forward. But I hope everyone has a wonderful day. Stay safe. And this is Josh officially signing off. Swoop!